everyone listening to Round Guys Radio Network. Real quick, why don't you sign up for our newsletter? Whenever we have a new episode, we have a newsletter release. The only time we push one out, go over to roundguysbrewery.com slash RGR. Thank you for listening. Welcome to another episode of the Original Slacker Podcast. I'm your host, Bill McGinney. And today we have an Inside the Brewery edition with three people in the media space for beer at the moment. Uh, right across from me, I have Joe Sixpack, Dom Russell. How you been, man? I'm great. Greetings. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for coming on. And to the corners, to the sides, at the ends of the ring, Matt Kozar and Chad yeah, Bowdy. Thank you guys for coming on. You guys are with Brewers in P- Breweries in PA. Correct. Correct. Which I always get confused with breweries of PA. Or breweries Many of people PA do. When, yeah. Whenever I'm searching, when I'm searching on there, like I know the <laughs> difference between you guys. But like when I'm searching on Facebook, how's everyone doing today? How are we doing? Awesome. I got a beer in my hand, so I got a beer. What are you drinking? Uh, that's your stout that you made with uh, backyard beans upstairs. I figure, it is. you know, this early in the morning, why not grab a beer with some coffee in it? That's the way. Best of both worlds, right yeah. there. Rebirth of the Cool. It's a phenomenal beer. It's delicious. It's actually one of the most sought-after beers from customers down here. It didn't last long, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, it's always good to down like a 9-10% beer first thing in the morning. There you go. Gets the blood flowing. <laughs> um, I have the Bay Breeze IPA. Yeah. What's I'm so the fancy. Name <laughs> I'm, so, I'm fancy. so fancy. There we go. Coconut. That's right. Yeah, that's, uh, that's the drag beer we made with a fancy dismount. And um, mm-hmm. if you see our Instagram, you see that one's been up a couple of times. I know that. I want to thank you guys for coming down. Today, I'm curious about you guys as content creators in this beer space. And the beer space, Don, the beer space has changed a lot, even in like the last 10 years. I think it has. Uh, I think mainly because of just the growth of breweries. There's just so many of them right now that uh, have opened up in really the last five years. It's doubled in the last five years in Pennsylvania. It's amazing that growth, but at the same time, you know, it's interesting that you're focusing on media here. At the same time, traditional media has collapsed, and it's you know going the opposite way of, of breweries. So there's a lot of changes. Yeah, you were at the. You've been through the wave of media. How was what was it like in I guess in a '90s? What was beer culture like for the media? What was it like reporting it in the 2000s and now in the, the 10s? What's going on? You were with Philly News. Philly Daily News for uh, about 30 years. Yeah. Uh, but the, uh, the, the space has changed quite a bit. I mean, the, the media has changed. When I first started uh, the column, Joe's Six Pack, in 96, uh, I'd already been writing about beer for a while before that, like 20 years before that. But uh, the uh, trying to convince editors that beer, that craft beer was a thing was a real hard thing to do they did they you know it was hard they didn't have any real appreciation for the fact that there was something happening here uh in fact they thought that when i pitched the column uh, initially my editors thought it was just a scam which frankly it was i i'm curious about what were you writing about what were the stories primarily about well i always approached joe six pack is about the the whole idea the culture of beer drinking as opposed to the beer itself i always felt like there was better stories if you just talked to the people, uh, whether it was in a bar or a mm-hmm. brewery or whatever. So I always tended to focus on the people and what they were doing and the importance of beer in the American culture. Uh, to me, that was the that that could always you could always find a good column if you could focus on that as opposed to just the specific beers. But in the, in the, like from '96 to 2001, basically there was. You know, we saw a little bit of a growth in Philly of breweries, but we also saw breweries going out of business. Right. People like Red Bell and Independence came and went. And so there was a lot of, you know, a lot of business type of stories that were out there at the time. Uh, so, but it, meanwhile, I, I always felt like those stories were kind of boring. So I, I tended to focus more on, like I said, the, the culture behind the, the beer. And where did the articles typically end up in the actual newspaper? <laughs> Buried. Buried. <laughs> uh, I used to lo- joke that I, you know, I was, you know, I was behind the obits basically. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it took a while to find the, the, the columns. Uh, that somewhat changed in, I think it was ninety eight or ninety nine. Uh, 
when I did the uh, the infamous vet stadium sud scandal where they were cheating people out of uh, their their rightful pores, right. and uh, that that sort of that generated a lot of publicity, a lot of hubbub is on TV and so on. And uh, I think that they decided at that point that there was more here than just uh, writing about the latest, you know, Amber Lager or whatever. So, yeah, so fast forward, we make it through the downfall of the newspapers. And I don't know how that market is still holding on, honestly. I don't either. I took a buyout from the newspaper in 2005. Uh, seems it's such a long time ago, and continued it to write. It is. It is. A long time ago. <laughs> um, and continued to write the. Uh, I left primarily because uh, Mrs. Sixpack also worked for the Daily News at the time, and we we really thought that the paper was going to go out of business mm-hmm. at that point. It very. It came within one day of going out of business. Oh, wow. And. So we decided to diversify a little bit, yeah, and I went off and did Joe Sixpack on my own while she continued to work as a, uh, a reporter there. You know, the paper somehow hung on. It's not the same at all that it right, used to be, right. but uh, the at that time, you know, 2005 in that area, start, we started to see the beginnings of things like Facebook mm-hmm. and Twitter uh, and whatever other social media was out there, and it was pretty obvious at that point that that was going to transform the, the landscape. Uh, however, you know, there were a lot of magazines back then. There was a lot of places to write back right. at that point uh, that are no longer around. I would so. say there's still, going into about, about 2014, 2015, there's still a lot of magazines. There were. There were. You know, it's amazing. I'm not really sure I understand why they all went out of business all at once, uh, all about beer or, yep. you know, Philly beer scene and whatever. They've all, they've all gone out of business. I guess people just don't read magazines anymore. take another break away from chad matt and joe just so i can give you guys a heads up on what's coming up in the round guys spheres for the upcoming week on friday 9 13 we have swiss army knife andros midfield and through neighbors playing down at the underground it's gonna be a great show andros always puts on a great show down here definitely want to see stop on in on the following saturday on the 14th we have a our monthly drag show down here at the underground that's always one to see as well that's one that packs the house Sure to be a great time. Definitely check it out. And you can buy tickets for that show actually through Facebook. If you go to RGBC Underground on Facebook, you can buy tickets right through that one. You can also see a show on Monday on 916 where we have the Cave Twins with guest artist Cardinals, Arms, and Vassal. Uh, we're on 915, the day before, we actually release a new beer, Evil Geisha Rock, that supports the drag shows. This is a plum cream ale. It's going to be a really unique beer. Definitely check it out. Look for it out there. you got really cool art coming out with it as well, so it'll be in cans. It'll be out there in the scene. Check it out. You were you were big in it initially, big in the Philly Beer Week, right? And stuff shaked out down the line. But uh, I remember you were one of the. Um, how do you want to put yourself for that? Well, I was I was one of the founders, one of the founders, uh, but and I was the first executive director of the first uh, executive Philly director. Beer Week. Yeah, that's right. So, and okay. that yep, that all came right. out of uh, to my first that's book, what I was looking for. Uh, which was all happening once around 2007, 2008. Yeah. Everything seemed to happen all at once with, with, my, with my books. And then we created Philly Beer Week, and that exploded. So it was some good times, right, that ran from 2008 until, you know, 2015, I guess. And Philly was the first city? Yes, Philly was the first one. We basically invented Philly Beer Week, and, or any beer week here, and right. it was since copied by about, I, over a hundred cities worldwide have got beer weeks. Or I just saw there's one in Berlin, which I think is pretty cool. Did uh, anyone when they were when they were making those additional copycat beer weeks? Did they come back to you guys? And they say, did. Yeah. Uh, we had a lot of connection, uh, specifically with Baltimore, to some degree with San Francisco. The Brewers Association had us uh, had me come in down to uh, one the one I think in San Diego to do a presentation about running beer weeks, and that was very popular. That's cool. So yeah, that's great. So again, fast forward a little more, and we get into where we're at nowadays. And you have what's brewing TV. Yeah, uh, what's brewing is on um, NBC Sportsnet. 
Right. And it's on YouTube. Right. And it's a, a really well put together show. I really enjoy the show. I think you guys do a great job. Uh, yeah, Glenn and I are Glenn, having a great Glenn time McNeil. doing that. Yep. 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 And then you also have your Philly Beer Week World, right? Philly Beer World. They Yeah. They don't like me calling I'm sorry. anything Philly to do with Philly Beer Week's name <laughs> these days. Sometimes the time does get to me too, guys. Yeah. <laughs> we record these at about 10, 10.30, and uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only one not drinking? Oh, wait, you are drinking. I, I will. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's your, your focus has been, and correct me if I'm wrong, has been on email and video. Right now, I'd say that. I mean, I do material for my website, but it's generally in relation to my to my email. And I think I that's in. one of the best emails I get. It's cool because you open it up and everything you want to know about what's going on is coming through. That's really helpful. And I know here I do a lot of the email marketing here, and, mm-hmm. and it's a really strong, powerful tool. Uh, it's not the end all, but it is a, a nice nice knife to have in your portfolio. I like doing it because it gives me some focus during the week of what I'm what I want to get out there, uh, right. and that's the nature of myself being a a newspaper reporter. I always had had a structural thing to work with, which was the daily newspaper. You had to write for that paper and get it out. So now, you know, and I, I think I recognize that. Really, I started doing the, the email newsletter maybe around 2003 or something like that. I was went very much at the beginning of uh, of that kind of marketing and, and right. the reason I did it was that you couldn't find my column either in the newspaper or on our lousy philly.com website uh, so I figured well, well you had 35 ads you had to go through come on exactly exactly <laughs> so, and the obituaries so. <laughs> initially all it was was a link to my column that's all it's, I had people yeah. saying I can't find your column could you send me a link and before I knew it you know I was up over you know close to 10,000 people uh, wow. subscribing to it which was you know a lot of yeah. a lot of fun to reach out to people that way so uh, 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 but like I said, it does, you know, I don't work at the newspaper anymore, but now I have this, my own newsletter, which is a, in, in my mind, is sort of like this weekly publication. So. Right. So transitioning from that to guys who seem to have no structure, I'm sure you guys do. Nope. No How- whatsoever. <laughs> it's a crapshoot. Yeah. This is Chad over here speaking, <laughs> and then I have Matt over. Matt, you want to say hi? Hey. How's it uh, going? Yep. So now you know the voices. Breweries yeah. NPA, you guys came on the scene. What year did you guys start? 2016. 2016, yep. And you guys are primarily, again, correct me if I'm wrong, primarily web-based, social Mm media-based, and you do a lot of event-based stuff. Yeah, so we actually just started getting into the event space last year, and uh, that's been pretty successful for us, and uh, everyone seems to love it. Mm -hmm. Every time we do an event, it feels like they're like, you need to make it bigger and bigger. So, you know, it's one thing that we don't want to get away from, but primarily, yes, web and... uh, and, and Yeah, all social media, website, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the way, the best way to describe our site is essentially a resource if you're a huge fan of Pennsylvania beer, right? We've right. got uh, multiple maps, whether it's where you can find dog-friendly breweries, where you can find kid-friendly breweries. Yeah, your maps are great. We've got a map of all breweries throughout the state, but we right. also track who's opening in the state, who's expanding in the state, who's closing in the state. And then, of course, you can't, you know, write about beer without writing about the news. And yeah, your daily news and... and- you know things of that nature so the way our site is structured is if you like pennsylvania beer you're probably going to come here just for resources useful tips whatever you're looking for how do you guys stay on top of all of <laughs> pennsylvania as, i mean it's as a question done. we get from everybody <laughs> it, it's not easy in philadelphia much less no i don't know how stretching you out to pittsburgh 300 miles away so we have a lot there. of friends I'll, I'll give a little i'll give a little yeah. insight into my secret sauce i've got about five screenshots on my phone right now of breweries that have announced expansions breweries mm-hmm. that have announced their dog friendly breweries that have announced opening and what i'll do is probably later tonight is i'll go into those screenshots and that's how i'll go and write my article so mm-hmm. for for right. me the way I stay on top of things is literally if I see it, I grab it. You don't go in the bathroom, lock the door, and cry. No. 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 no, no that's just one way to do it. We also luckily have built the site to have a pretty passionate follower base where we'll get people emailing us, direct messaging us, right. saying, hey, look, this we'll is going on. We'll get text messages. It has to be overwhelming. Extremely overwhelming. There, that's why there's two of us. <laughs> and if and I don't get to it, he does. And if you didn't get to it, I do. So. And another thing, and, and I was going to, as as too small. Right? Yeah. As Don was telling his story, it kind of made me think of where we're at in today's society. And I feel like we kind of have the same problems that he was facing, only reversed. When he was trying to get his editors to notice craft beer, and it sounded like the consumers wanted it, we kind of have the reverse uh, reverse problem. The consumers are 
overloaded with craft beer from blogs, websites, you name it. Everyone's got a, a, a blog these days, right? Mm-hmm. So for us, it's how do we stand out from, a, a, from the crowd? I mean, we've got a relatively uh, popular Facebook group where, you know, it's a private group. People talk about beer and it feels like on a weekly basis, five to six people will say, check out my blog. Check out my blog. Just started it, right? So it's like how every do you, beer pun you can think of. Is how do you now stay? Blocked. How do you stay on so. top of that? And so for us, the one way we've been kind of being able to differentiate is we get out there. I mean, just today alone, we're probably going to travel 250 to 300 mm-hmm. miles to breweries after we leave here. Yep. So it's really about getting to grand openings. I was getting at grand on the road yesterday and getting in front of these brewers and actually developing relationships. So this way, when you're then reporting on it, they're sending like Levante, for example. Levante mm-hmm. exclusively released their uh, their beer garden with Highland uh, Orchard Park through our mm-hmm. site. So it's developing those relationships. So now the brewers look at you as a resource and a value add. Versus, okay, here's another blog that just wants my beer. Right. And I think that's what both you guys do. Yeah, for sure. Well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so do you guys have like a brewery car? Or like a brewery's uh, car to put all those I miles wish. on? Like, I, I wish. I, my, I mean, car, my car just went out to Pittsburgh. I have a 2007 <laughs> Dodge Nitro with 100. You don't want to go past 2010 on that. My car is up to 195,000 miles, and I don't know how it got to Pittsburgh and back last month, but <laughs> knock on wood, it did. We're not so, going to worry about that until yeah. it... Uh... <laughs> but yeah, honestly, it's it's about passion, right? It, it, it is difficult to, to, to get out to these breweries, to get out to... Pittsburgh, Erie, Harrisburg, obviously the Philadelphia area up north in the Scranton, kind of all these kind of hubs mm-hmm. of, of, of Lehigh Valley. craft beer. Yep. But at the end of the day, it's a passion for us, right? Like it is something that, I mean, we're craft well, beer drinkers by, by nature, and it's something we really, really like doing. And we realize that the more we get out there, the more value we're bringing back to our customer base. Because I think about it just, you know, 2013, 2014, when I really started getting into craft beer a lot, I was completely zoned in on my local community for me it was free will that's where you went to get craft beer so and then you think about it what we're able to do is we're able to open up pennsylvania to all those people that are like well i really like my community mm-hmm. i've never heard of mm-hmm. we'll talk to people and they'll be like who is cinderlands who is dancing gnome and to me i'm like those are breweries i'm at all the time but i live yeah. in philly but i'm just saying i'm making a trip where yeah. should i go i'm going to pittsburgh give me five to ten breweries to go to and we're like Go to our map. Yeah, <laughs> the like, map. but you know, to Don's point is, I think it's it's fun to get out and meet people, right? It's like to us, it's like, all right, it's somebody different. What, what's your approach to craft beer? What are you guys doing differently at your brewery? And I, I think that's fun. Like, we, I think we, that's the part we enjoy the most is just getting to know the people behind the beer. You know, I mean, it's fun. It's fun to drink, <laughs> but you know, I, it's more so hearing their story and how they came to brew and, and what they're offering to people. I think that's you know, it's a different right. for everybody. Right. So. Right. Uh, what did you guys do before you got into Brewers and PA? So Brewers and PA. Why can I not say that? <laughs> Brewers and PA. No worries. Uh, uh, so I mean, I'm a, I'm a technical recruiter by trade. I've did. I graduated with kind of a pseudo marketing degree throughout college. So I've always had an interest. Pseudo marketing. Pseudo. It was like corporate communication. <laughs> like what school is offering pseudo marketing? <laughs> so it was a corporate communications degree. So essentially, what it did was you had to take PR classes. You, you had to take marketing classes, but you also had to take like economic classes. It was like the most generic degree in the world. But that's also because I scrapped my secondary education degree in yeah. sophomore year of college and had really no thought of what Ooh. I wanted to do. You so as a teacher would have been. Get a, I wanted to be a teacher, so I got a generic degree. So I've always had a, an interest in marketing. I've built a site before this. Um, so it's just something I generally uh, value. Shout out your site? I stopped posting on that. <laughs> were, you guys, um, were you guys home brewers? No. Um, I tried both, twice. We both okay. dabbled in it. For, for us... Great. For us, it's not about the brewing process that we appreciate, right? It's 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 at least you know us I brewing mean, yeah. it. I should yeah. say yeah. Us, brewing. Um, <laughs> us brewing it. For us, we're just we were really big craft beer fans. We enjoy the process of it. You know, other people making it. Um, we we enjoy the culture of it, and it just became all right. How can we? How can we? We kind of take a step above that and, and right. tell the stories because at, at the same time, it became this this site was kind of built out of necessity you know we would look online and be like hey i'm going into this town Mm -hmm. where are the closest breweries well it's it's not really you do what i do like when i'm traveling i'll i'll look and i'll say all right so i want to go here and where am i going right after exactly right so i need to find a brewery if i'm not if there's no brewery in that town we'll move on to next so we wanted to give people we wanted to give people a resource where they could if they were drinking in pennsylvania they could come to us and be like all right this is what i'm looking for where can i find it and that's real. So it was built out of necessity. Mm-hmm. I had Dan Liberto on here a while back, mm-hmm. and we we're talking about Pennsylvania beer. It's amazing how much the state has grown in oh general, gosh. like all around the state. 
you go to different parts of the state that you would never think there would be a demand for beer, like craft beer. Yeah. And you go there, and there's a small brewery. They're popping it's up every happen up. You know, yeah. I, I attribute that to Pennsylvania's beer history, right? You've got brands like Straub, Yingling, Iron City. You've got these breweries that, you know, call them what you want today. You know, right. Some people not craft beer, what craft beer, whatever it is. Back when, you know, some of these brewers were growing up, they weren't drinking the Miller Lite, Coors Light, whatever you call it. They were drinking a quote-unquote craft beer. So that's, I attribute to Pennsylvania's growth to the fact that we have such a deep, rich rich history of people brewing beer in Pennsylvania. I mean, even Rolling Rock for the longest time. Right. You know, call that what you want. But yeah, Sam Adams. You've got these, when you were drinking beer, it was, well, this is made here. This wasn't made at some factory in the Midwest. It was made here. And then I think that kind of opened up, and I don't want to speak for everyone, but that kind of opened up people's eyes to, well, if they can make it here, maybe I can make it here. Yeah, and Pennsylvania's always had that working class mentality. Extremely. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a, yeah, and I also think like the industry's shifted from, I want to be a big regional distributing brewery to, I just want to be a neighborhood, you know, Dominate brewery hangout, community spot for people. We'll hear more from Matt, Joe, and Chad in a second. I want to tell you guys about Lansdale Lager. It's our house lager. It's a Hellas lager. Do you know what a Hellas lager is? It's a uh, light lager style. It's kind of in that family of Pilsners and and Kolsch's and their light lagers. It's a little more body and a little more character than, say, like, you know, a, a, a traditional American light lager. It's got flavor. has floral character from the Hallertauer hops, a traditional German hop. And then it has some malt character, biscuit character coming out of that Vienna and Munich malt that's sprinkled in there. This is 4.9% beer. It's on draft at all of our locations. It's actually our best seller. And in addition to that, you can find it over at Stove and Tap in Lansdale where it goes through. They go through a lot of kegs there, too. And it's one of their house lagers. So definitely check this one out next time you're in the underground or at the pub or at the Glenside Ale House. Let's get back to here with Joe and Chad and Matt all are talking about. Dom, what are your thoughts on it? What, what is the role of a brewery now than when, when yards opened up in the 90s and then we had our second wave in the 2000s? What, what's a brewery now versus? Well, I think the tasting room thing is the absolute driving force of these new breweries i mean none of these guys could survive if they didn't have their own tasting room i mean you can make a decent amount of money just having a a bar it's basically a bar that makes its own beer right uh so that's really what's pushed it and the it more recently that is uh when yards opened up they never they never wanted to have a a place you know initially they just wanted to make beer it was not that was not the whole point of their their i mean you would never even have it i mean they were in a garage it's smaller than this room yeah. when they first yeah. started so they just so, wanted to get into bars yeah that was the idea it. and not only that they were you know self-distributing to probably you know for the first couple of years to maybe 15 accounts around philly at, that would even have them I'm, it's, yeah i mean people it didn't even chance on them, yeah. yeah people didn't even know that what this stuff was so uh, so yeah, I think the t- I think the tasting room is, and it's obvious. I mean, the the rules changed uh, in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden we have all these tasting rooms. They can same sell thing. in tasting rooms now, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Same thing happened in Jersey, mm-hmm. uh, although that seems to have stopped. Lately Jersey's for some reason, uh, yeah. Jersey's yeah. a different beast. They're, yeah. Yeah. they're, they're getting, yeah. yeah. It's not good. Hey, we could do a whole another episode on Jersey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's merely the bar lobbyist group, right? Like the bar and restaurant. over in Jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's exactly so what's going here on here in Pennsylvania. We have the same. We have same dichotomy. We just balance it a little better, and well, part of it is because we have that that legal structure based from the big uh, heritage breweries that we have, mm-hmm. and they, they somehow they protect them more to craft interest. Well, maybe although those big places, as you're mentioning, like Straub and Yingling, they never had tasting rooms really yeah. that you could go drink in. They were always more into the uh, the distribution model right. at that point. I just think that. You know, uh, the idea of, I think you're absolutely right, that people just want to open up a, a place and serve for their own community, I think, is a big driving force here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see how it is five years from now after they've been brewing hundreds of batches and they're not, you know, rich or whatever. Whether they <laughs> yeah. Anyone who goes into this industry thinking they're going to be rich. I don't know how they could do that. There's too it. many people out there yeah. that should yeah. tell them, you know, you're not going to get rich. <laughs> you know for passion. Yeah, yeah. passion's great. To be well, your own boss, right? I mean, you you, yep. you can start your own company 
like that. Right. Well, it's interesting too. Like um, we were talking to John Stemler recently from Free Will, and wasn't he just had him on last week? One of the driving nice. forces in getting um, the tap rooms up and be able to sell your beer yeah, from your own spot for the longest John time. Free Will, I, that was my first experience at Craft mm-hmm. Beer was 2013, going into Free Will and drinking for free, essentially. Mm-hmm. And, and getting, getting the, uh, the little, obligated the growler. Glasses, right? yeah, Filling your small... Because um, you felt bad. Free, <laughs> free Will, would originally, they didn't limit you. You could walk in and have yeah. as many beers as you want. And then, shortly after... I think it was because my buddy and I were there on a weekly basis. <laughs> shortly after, they gave you six little ticks on your cup and said, all right, yeah. you get your six, which <laughs> made sense. Because I would go in there and drink yeah. at least three cases worth of beer without paying. And Sorry, John. And it was higher but, uh, ABV <laughs> stuff too, so it's not like it was, you know, like a lower <laughs> ABV, like five percent. Oh yeah, it was, that's high. I would drink a, many COBs. But I think he he was really integral in, in helping bring the tap room. John and Jeremy Myers. Jeremy, yeah, and so he re- worked really close with, uh, I think, state legislature, right, um, to to really bring that to be able to be possible. Well, you have uh, in Pennsylvania or breweries of PA. Brewers of PA. Brewers of, God damn it. That's on us. That's <laughs> oh on us. God. Sorry. I'll give them credit, though. They have yet to actually reach out to us about the name, so uh, I appreciate it. We talk that. to them a lot. But we also have a really good yeah, relationship really with good them. Good. If you want to hear a really good understanding, and, I, and Dan broke it down hey, perfectly when, out he to was, Dan. Yeah. when he was on this podcast back in January. Uh, he did a great breakdown of the, the legal, what goes on at top level, and um, and – the balancing act they really have to do. So again, back to your point, though, I'm going back to the uh, the bars and and the the Jersey scenario in Pennsylvania. It's a little more delicate in that we don't have to we can work with the bars, but there is an issue that is rising, and oh, for I sure. totally understand that the right. bar angle. I mean, I'll, the perfect example is uh, McGillan's, oldest bar in mm-hmm. the city, does not pour yards, which is essentially you know the standard. You know, yeah, Philly, Philly beer, beer. Yeah. and they don't do it. They won't pour them because Yards opened up a full-blown restaurant at their oh. brewery, and you know, so bars, which is where you used to have to drink all this yeah. beer, and you know, are really, I think they're back on their heels a little bit. I talk to bar owners all the time who tell me that you know the numbers are down, people don't don't come out to their their places as much. Um, certainly all the talk, the fact that, you know, we're talking about breweries here and not bars, that's changed. It yeah. didn't, didn't used to be that way. And, you know, say 15 years ago, you would have talked about whether it was Monks or Standard Taps right. or mm-hmm. uh, Gre- Gre- uh, the Grey Lodge. And, yeah, those places are all still doing well, but uh, that's not where the, the focus of attention is now. The lines are outside of tired hands or mm-hmm. uh, imprint or what have you. And... Uh, so, so the whole focus has has changed, and I think that's going to have impact down the the way as well. So you're not seeing local beer at bars; you're seeing more out of out of town, out of well, state beer, right? Yeah. I, I think you see a mix. I mean, I don't, I, I I don't know. I see I see both, but you're mm-hmm. right. I, I you're more apt to in many bars these days you, to see you know, at least one or two taps for the Ballast Points or yeah. Stone or Founders or, you know, some of those big out-of-towners. Uh, and That's how else do you get people in, right? If you can go down the street and get the same beer. Exactly. Fresh, exactly. not, you know, not an old keg maybe or whatever it is. So that's how, interesting to see. How much of that do you think it's because bars haven't adapted in a way that breweries have adapted? And I understand that breweries can make their own beer and sell it and they have a higher margin on that side. But my question is, breweries have opened up and in a way that they the physical presentation of going into a brewery is innovative mm-hmm. and some bars have done that i think of uh was bistro and bridge. bridge bistro and bridge and then uh frankfurt hall and these places mm-hmm. are innovative places w- when it comes to the actual customer experience right oh i think mm-hmm. the bars and restaurants offer that as well in fact i think they offer it in in a it better often than breweries i mean some breweries you can go into and you're basically got you know you're sitting on kegs in the place yeah. i mean and uh there's there's no real creature comforts in in some of the breweries that i've been to so uh, just garages yeah just exactly garage. in, in warehouse parks so uh but it's the beer that's really drawing them in those mm-hmm. cases. I mean, yeah. these really unusual styles that, that mm-hmm. brewers are putting out and only putting out in their own places mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to, to bars. So I think the, the pressures on bars are a lot different, and not to mention the fact that they got six-figure uh, <laughs> licenses, you know, LCB licenses yeah, right. they have to pay for. Yeah. So. Well, you know what's also interesting, too, is since the law changed and you can carry PA liquor and PA wine, Breweries are essentially turning into a local, a hyper local bar, right? 
So not only do you offer your own product, but you're offering local spirits, you're offering local wine. So for the people who really just want to stay local, I mean, you're taking a lot of money away from bars. With their, Regional bar, you know, bigger bars. But, but that point, and this is, I've been telling bar owners this for the last two years. If that's the case, if that's if that's what your challenge is, mm-hmm. then open your own damn brewery. Yeah. Put your own brewery in your own bar. It's not that hard. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people are doing it, and now you we're seeing. You get a brewery license for not that much exactly. money. Exactly. So Gray Lodge is doing it. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. So, uh, that's interesting. Uh, you know, that's that's your alternative. Make your own beer then. If that's, yeah. if, if well, you're like a having. Put a barrel on the back and make your yeah, own beer. Yeah, exactly. Right? How hard is that? So. I just, it's just, what is your opinion on that, like, in terms of, like, the selling local wine and local, like, do you feel like that adds to the brewery experience, or do you feel like it takes away? For me, I've yeah. never, ever had bought a Pennsylvania wine in a okay. Pennsylvania brewery. <laughs> Neither have I. All I drink is the beer, but yeah. I well, just, I, do you see that taking more business away from the bars? Do you feel people saying, oh, this is local, I'm going to go there. And oh, yeah, I think I Drink think the big guy, you know, like the big, the big bigger name I think I think so, for sure, okay. for sure. Matt, I'll, I'll chime in on this just from being here. Uh, what I see is two things. The, the local wines, ciders, and liquors don't have a natural market in Pennsylvania because the bars are probably not going to take them. Okay. So for those guys, it's a great outlet for them, mm-hmm. and it helps them grow. And I like the fact that we're part of that movement to help local grow. Mm-hmm. On the other end, it's not just people who come to – breweries have become more than just beer. Breweries mm-hmm. are now – I like to say it's a substitute. Who goes to church? I'm sure people do go to church. I don't know any of them. But I'll be <laughs> honest, uh, I also have my parents. They're great people. <laughs> Sorry, Mom and Dad. <laughs> Sorry, exactly. <laughs> but, but I'll be honest uh, – I think the community part is what people are missing. And breweries have done a great job to build, getting back to the local, the community mm-hmm. experience, being that, that coffee shop, that little uh, cafe, the little grocer. That's that's what they are. Yeah. So you don't think a bar does that? I think for some reason bars haven't been – my feeling, there's many bars out there that do that well. But then there's many bars out there that got locked into – it's like a stigma. It's like a social stigma, I think. Well, I feel that many of them got locked into not adjusting for the times. And I don't want to say that they aren't – I want to be really careful how I walk here because it's not me saying that they're not doing what's best for them. Uh, I think the market consumers have changed. The consumers don't just want to drink. And some bars in certain areas, uh, they, they want to just keep the course that they've been for 20 years. I think consumers want different experiences. And, and one of the reasons why they like breweries is because they can bring their families. And you can bring grandma, you can bring the kids, and it's fine. It's acceptable. We have games. No one's going to be offended by anything that's going on in the facility. It's a very hot topic on our uh, on our pages. So family-friendly breweries, dog-friendly breweries. Yeah, well, because you're very dealing with a hybrid of customer, right? You're dealing with – I think what you're saying is, is accurate. I think more people are gravitating – towards breweries because of multiple reasons. One, they're, they're usually local, right? People who open breweries are from the community, have lived in the community for years. I remember going to Shaler uh, Brewing up in Reading, and um, those guys, it felt like everyone knew them, right? Because they graduated from the high school, the whole nine. That's what you're feeling a lot at a lot of breweries, so you're getting a lot of those people to support it, but also it's what breweries are offering now. Breweries, I can walk in there, I can grab a good meal, I can grab a cocktail, I can grab a glass of wine, I can grab a beer, right? So I can essentially have the same experience as I would at a a local bar that I would at a brewery, but to this point of families and what have you, we're in a situation right now where I think that's where it's, it's changing. The one thing I've noticed over, I think I counted, we've been to so far close to 200 breweries throughout the state. So we've covered a lot of ground and what I'm seeing is that a lot of them are moving towards that way where we want to offer something for everyone. But you've also got this very large uh, group of people who also want their brewery to be their brewery, a place where they can grab a beer and just sit down and relax with their friends and it do- they don't have to watch what comes out of their mouth. They don't have to watch how they're acting. And that's just not you're not getting that experience. So I think right now we're in a situation where we've got two ways of thinking and sometimes they can kind of come to head. To Matt's point, you get a very local, call it minority, majority, whatever you want to call it, of people that just don't like that, you know, I can bring my family in and I can sit down and have a meal for grandma, for grandpa, for my son, my daughter, whatever it may be. So we're at an interesting point right now that I thought, I, I don't think we've been at, you know, for as long as I know in a long time, if not ever. 
I kind of miss the fact that, you know, a bar is sort of a great uh, melting pot for me. And when I, and, and people go to bars for different reasons without the kids, uh, which, I, <laughs> which is a great true. In my, it, so, so maybe that's where I need to be going when I'm feeling grumpy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hey everyone, let me take a quick break to tell you about the upcoming schedule we have in the underground. We'll be right back into the show in one second. Tuesday, 9-17, board game night. Liquid Swords is being released as well at the pub across the brand, so hey, you can't beat that. Get some fresh Liquid Swords. Have a board game night. We've got D&D going on down at the underground. Check it out. Duhast makes its return. You know Duhast, the beer, not the song, the beer. Come on, guys. The beer, it's Oktoberfest. Come on. Oktoberfest is coming up, and just in time, we have our very own Martin ready to go. Duhas is making a return, backed by popular demand. Look for it out there at all three locations, primarily on draft, but it will be in cans. On Wednesday, 918, we have Dead Bones, Some Blind, Widow's Work, and Girl Science all down here. You may recall Girl Science from prior podcast episode. They put on a great time. Check out that episode if you want to learn more. We have some songs up there and you can see the videos also out there on YouTube and on Facebook. So you can find out a lot more about Girl Science just from them being down here on our show. On Thursday, 919, we have a one-year anniversary with Annie Christ doing a movie night. I don't know if you've ever been to any of those. It's really fun. Annie has this, this fun way to do campy movies. You get rewards, you get prizes, it's a game contest, it's a movie, it's an event. Great time down here definitely come down for the one year anniversary so glad it's been a year it doesn't even feel it feels like way more than a year but hey you know uh it's it's been such a blast and i'm, I'm really glad that everyone's enjoying that one and so is annie on friday 9 20 we have another great singer songwriter night you don't know singer songwriter nights have you ever been down here for some of you have but probably most of you haven't it's a different kind of show it's a more laid-back show grab a coffee get a get a beer get a wine and just sit back and listen to great music by Alex Turok, Ali Auburn. Both artists have been here. They've done a great job. They tell great stories through the music and, and even when they're sitting there relaxing before or between songs. Complimented by our in-house favorite, Becca Zimmerman, who plays heavily down in Glenside and she's played up here, who's also been on the podcast. Becca Zimmerman's been on her own podcast here on our show. Uh, we have some of her music up there too, so definitely look back through the through the playlist and you can find out more about becca and laura k from bitch fork bitch forks has been on this podcast and they kill it laura k is an amazing talent really excited to have her back on here on saturday 9 21 we have linden street collectors coming down to the underground they're gonna put on a great show really excited to have them down here as well so that wraps it up for the next week or so at the underground and across the brand definitely check out all three locations you can find out more on facebook you can find out more through our emails uh, you want to find out more through just following us on uh, through our websites and whatnot or Ticket Leap. You can get all show, most shows through Ticket Leap. Search for Round Guys Brewing Company on Ticket Leap and you can get advanced tickets, which usually sometimes might include discounted drink. So check us out and let's get back to the show with Matt, Chad, and Joe. What are some good bars that you recommend out there? Uh, whatever one has a parking spot out in front of it. <laughs> yeah. Especially in Philadelphia. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, actually, I don't really drive that much anymore to, when I go out. It's just Uber has been, like, the greatest thing That's in the smart. world. Uh, That's smart. Uh, I, I just love not having to have to worry about that part of, of my Still go to Monks so. a lot? Uh, I don't really go to Monks, no. Okay. Uh, I, I, uh, I, go, I go out around where I live in, mm-hmm. in the Maniunk, Roxborough area a lot. I mean, because okay. it's close. Yeah. Uh, you know, in town, I went to, uh, on Friday night, I went out to dinner at a bar restaurant in Northern Liberties, uh, and I'm going to space on the name, but it was a Peruvian bar, great mm-hmm. food, mm-hmm. and I was drinking Peruvian, Peruvian beer, yeah. which you can't get at a local brew. Oh, that's cool, they imported it. They did, it was okay. Carlsberg for Peru? Yeah, it was actually better. It was better than that. One was, Crystal, <laughs> nice. one was called Crystal, which is a fairly common uh, South American name for beer, and it, but this one was brewed in uh, Peru. It was pretty. That was real light. Yeah. Uh, the other one was I forget the name. It was a little maltier. I would say that they were basically macro beers that didn't taste horrible. I feel like everyone <laughs> has their version of Heineken. Yeah, yeah. yeah. wow. <laughs> you have to, right? To a certain right. extent, yeah. You, like, you get a lot of people like I, I drink with non 
craft drinkers all the time, and mm. it, they always need something that's like your yeah. brother, you know, mainstream. My brother, my cousin. Um, <laughs> yeah, but that's the beauty of, of, of breweries and, and even bars is they are being able now to offer, you know, something. Well, for you everyone. need to drink something for the game, right? Yeah, exactly right. I mean, it can't all be nine percent, no. you know, imperial IPAs. <laughs> as much as I'd like that. If you're tailgating with those, then God bless you. Which Speaking of which, of all the things that have changed, and you guys could probably comment on this a little bit better than I can because I'm a little bit grumpy on this subject. <laughs> but the biggest change that I've seen in like the last 15 years has been the limited number of spear styles at breweries. Yep. It, it, you know, 15 years ago, you saw everything out there. Uh, today it's so IPA uh, and so hop forward on on all the beers that a lot of those styles are completely disappeared. Uh, and I'm going to specifically point to Belgian style beers, which mm-hmm. you know doubles and triples, and you know that, and even to some extent some of the sour styles. You don't see them anymore. I don't know why that yeah. is. And they, they were the leader. They were the ones yeah. that would get people into craft. There was a time when yeah. in Philly was actually known as as Brussels on the Schuylkill because there was so <laughs> many really? great uh, uh, Belgian style uh, beers available and the, and the Belgian bars. And you know now those bars have sort of become more generic. And the local breweries, you know, they're not making that that style of beer. It's it's true. So we were actually talking before this uh, podcast with Scott, who owns Round Guys, um, about this very subject. And I think what ended up happening was, and you could call this maybe the uh, the Instagram culture or whatever it may be, people started gravitating towards the hazy IPAs, right? That's what everyone wanted. They no longer wanted the Belgians, right. the triples, whatever it may be. And from we've talked to brewers about this countless number of times. They unfortunately have to sell produce what's going to sell. And that's kind of where the market's gone. Now, what I will say to that point, and this kind of gets me back to the conversation we, we had with Scott. Scott wrote about this in a local newspaper mm-hmm. where Round Guys is now going to brew towards their customer base, their their community versus kind of what's popular. And you, you say that out loud and you're like, well, of course, right? That should be the method all the time. But in reality, the ones that post it on Instagram and get the likes and get you know the marketing buzz are those hazies. But what it feels like is the marketing is start starting to shift. And I've wrote about this a couple times, but the market is starting to shift where it's like, all right, let's scrap whatever's getting the likes on Instagram. Let's scrap whatever's popular and let's just put out beer that, that our local community is mm-hmm. going to walk in and like. It might not be the sexiest beer. It might not be the best no. beer you know that the market likes, but... I'd love to see that. That's a great. I'd love. It to feels see. that's where it's going. I'm not saying it's it there does. now because. Well, the other thing that I noticed, and Scott's probably a good example of this too, because he's been brewing for a little while, uh, is that I'm increasingly hearing from brewers that they want to make beers that they can go and drink themselves. Yeah. And yeah. They're not. They're 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 tired of drinking one IPA after the next. Completely. So they want to drink beer, and this is my you know point too, is that I want to drink beer that tastes like beer. Yep. Yeah. Uh, not to it, not to. You know, plug our own site here, but if you go onto breweriesinpa.com, we have a meet the brewer section where we interview brewers, and we all ask them the same question. The reason we ask them the same question is because everyone has a different answer, right? And one of those questions is something around the long the lines of, you know, what's your favorite beer? What are you drinking now? What's your favorite it, beer to brew? Yeah, is, is well, and drink. And drink, and, yeah. and that's kind of getting to that point. Mm-hmm. And if you go on, we have probably about 12 interviews up right now. It's, about, a, yeah, it's a recurring series we produce once a week. And I don't think any of the answers are hazy IPAs. Yeah, I think no. it's like Pilsners, Colses, loggers. loggers. We see that all the time because, like I said, we're in these breweries. We're talking to these brewers. We mm. always ask them, well, what do you guys drink? What do you? And it's always that. It's, it's a Pilsner, always a, Pilsner, a lager, yeah. a Kolsch. It's, it's never Belgian, an IPA. Something Belgian that they really But yeah, the problem so is, back to my main point, they go, well, that's also not what's going to sell. That's not yeah. what's going to drive my business I mean, forward. It's really frustrating because with all this growth of breweries, you know, thousands of breweries in the country, but hundreds in, in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Uh, it almost seems like we've never had a more limited selection of beer styles than we have today. I mean, yeah, agreed. It's, it's yeah. silly. They're saying I'm brewing IPAs so that I can stay in business and brew the other beers right. that I want to brew. Right. It's like, and let me give you a little, uh, I guess, how I've seen the market since we've been around. The uh, the brewery initially, right, you had Belgians, and Belgians were seen as kind of like a gateway for people who are curious, like the, a niche market of beer drinkers. So it wasn't your mainstream beer drinker. So people come in, Belgian beers are really a, uh, they're more of like a dessert beer, right? For most people, they're not going to be a beer you toss three back. You're not mm-hmm. going to toss three doubles back. You're not going to 
tell us three triples back. You're probably going to have one or two, and that's it. And it's probably going to be at the end of the night beer for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. The difference is what you guys are seeing with the IPAs come through is that you started hitting a mass audience. You finally hit a saturation point in the market where people weren't drinking lagers as much. You start seeing uh, a a concerted effort by consumers to, to really figure out craft beer. And the easiest one to figure out, and the one that has... Probably the, I guess the most, it's kind of like salt, right? The most appeal uh, for the, for the gateway <laughs> exactly. is I, an IPA, the right. hop, mm-hmm. the bitterness, mm-hmm. and it's the easiest one to discern. It's the easiest mm-hmm. one for or the juicy, more grapefruit, not well. As I think many that's hops, more of like, like how far can we push this, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, and then getting back to your point again on the brewer side, when I used to, I used to brew when I used to do a lot of homebrewing. I loved, and even when I go to breweries now, I still love going for pilsners. And Kolsch's, because mm-hmm. I think a craft one is the best one. It's fresh. That's it's how you can tell a good brewer is, too. You always <laughs> know, like, you know, when you have uh, Prima Pills, you always know it's a solid beer. Yep. You know it's a great beer, and it's got a little bit of fruity character, mm-hmm. and it has all the elements you want in a Pills or any kind of the, the light cousins of the Pills. Mm-hmm. Uh, that beer tells you how that brewery works, mm-hmm. because you obviously you guys know this. You can't hide anything in those beers. So on the Beer Geek side, that's to me very interesting but i don't know I, I think everyone should be drinking what they want to drink right and with scott's point uh we've never been an ipa brewery and we kind of started going down a path two years ago trying to get into the ipa side and we did a really good job i think transmission i think janky i think uh edge crusher and be pulsing our and um obviously kiss off for great beers but for the first year we didn't have an ipa and you know it took a while for us to kind of get on that bandwagon so yeah uh these, this idea that that you have to pander or cater to people who are going to boast about you, I guess that's that's interesting. But I think it all goes back to being local. Just mm-hmm. always be local and be true to your market. And, you know, hey, if you want that, it depends what market you're looking for. If you want that market that people are going to be coming from all over the country and they got to go out to your space out in Ardmore and that's what they take away from Philadelphia, then that's your market. That's good. Good mm-hmm. for you. Go for that. Well, well that's the good thing about craft beer is you do have your options, right? You you know that you can go to one brewery and have that family-friendly bar atmosphere, or you can head to a brewery like Sacred Vice, right, where mm-hmm. you can just kind of not necessarily a hole in the wall but kind of off the beaten path, yeah. and it's like you're just going to get a, a good beer-drinking experience. And I don't think one experience is better than the other. I think some people have are very passionate about the subject, but for me, I mean, with – a guy who has an eight-month-old at home, I can I can appreciate the family-friendly breweries, and I like them. But as a craft beer drinker who's been drinking craft beer since essentially he's been 21 or 22, I also can very much appreciate those little bit dive bars. So mm-hmm. the craft beer world gives you your options, and I, I think that's the beauty of the world we live in currently right now. And, I mean, um, sour beers, too, I think. are There's a few breweries that are producing mainly sour beers. Oh, yeah. Strange Dry log changed it to Strange Roots, and, yeah. and they're Free doing... Free Will's got an entire day dedicated towards it. Exactly. So <laughs> I, I mean, there's, there's No, they've done over. a great job building the sour program. Oh, completely. Was, uh, so, I mean, they're, they don't, they're not heavy IPA, so, I, you know, they do make a few, but, uh, yeah, I don't know if you're into sour beers or anything. <laughs> but they're interesting. I mean, taste one every once in a traditional while. Traditional sours. I'm not talking like fruited kettle sours or anything. You sit down at Strange Roots for two hours and try every one of his sour. You'll walk it. <laughs> I can attest to that experience. Is that day. one of the beer styles that you don't go towards? No, I drink. I listen. I drink everything, including the the cloudy IPAs. Okay. It's just mm-hmm. my my only point about this was was the lack of variety when the you go into it. When you go into it. I, yeah. I have no problem. Yeah. You like IPAs, you like cloudy IPAs, drink them all you want. Yeah. I just don't but want one to... is Chinook, the other is Simcoe. What's, come on, come yeah, on, yeah. Don. Yeah. <laughs> I do like a well-rounded you you taste. Just, like you're saying, you, you, you can get a <laughs> yeah. flight and try a bunch of different styles, right. and you don't have to get a flight of IPAs. Right. CBC yeah. last year in Nashville, oh. we, we, we walked into a bar, oh, <laughs> won't name them, um, they're very popular, but... Uh, Everything was IPAs. Eight IPAs. Single, single, double, single, single, double. Eight IPAs on draft. And there's just all brewers. It was impressive. Like, you can only have two IPAs until you can't taste anything again. Oh, we right? couldn't right. taste anything. After <laughs> a while, <laughs> they were shot. They were good. They were an hour later on, but after a while, it was just throw a dart at the board and I'll take it. Mm-hmm. I want to wrap this up. I want to thank you guys for coming on the show. Joe, where can people find... So, uh, I'm online at uh, phillybeerworld.com and you can subscribe to my newsletter there and of course, every week with... Uh, Glenn Macknow on What's Brewing TV, which is on NBC Sports Philly. 
So okay. actually, we're on like six times a week now. Nice. I keep rerunning us. Yeah. <laughs> That's you a go. good. And thing. you guys, you guys cover more yeah. than just beer. You cover the we food. We do a little aspect. bit of sports, and we yeah. do, we definitely like to do food and travel is another part of it too. Okay. I run actually uh, tours to around the world through uh, my website, but uh, once a year we go someplace. But we often talk about travel as beer well. Beer tours or uh, brewery tours? Dinner. Yeah, yeah. Nice yeah. So uh, the next one we're heading to is. Uh, Alaska in wow. uh, uh, in uh, September, cool. and is that like a cruise type? That is a cruise. Um, so cool. And then next year we're going to France, which I'm a big fan of the French, everything France. But uh, awesome. the, the brewing scene in France is really exploding right oh, now too. So, although they make a boy, they make a lot of bad beer in France. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I've heard. They, yeah, it's unbelievable heard. how yes. They, it, what's funny, and it is, I'm sorry, we're sort of going no, off on another tangent really. here, but they are really into the whole local experience, mm-hmm. but they have no clue of what actually <laughs> good beer tastes like. So many like. people are from the yellow wine that they're like trying to Yeah, I mean, you go in and you scene. taste like a really bad amber, uh, and everybody in there is loving this amber. And it's like, guys, this beer sucks. It's really not <laughs> and they yell weird. at you for not liking yeah, it. Yeah, so, <laughs> You're the but, weird one. But there is other actually good beer to be had there. And then where can people find out about Brewery's MPA? Well, every social media, Brewery's yeah, MPA, at Brewery's MPA, um, Brewery'sMPA.com. Um, we also have a newsletter as well that we put out every Friday. And, um, yeah, if you see us if you see us going out somewhere, come and have a beer with us. Got one last question here, guys. I need three breweries. Where should I be going? Where, where should going? I where are you going? Are you staying local or are you going across the state? The world is yours, man. Well, not to stay hyper-local, but uh, Forest in Maine is a brewery that I've told people for as long as they've been open that they are one of the biggest hidden gems in the entire state. Mm-hmm. I would definitely say Free Will because, again, that was pretty much my introduction to craft beer for you know from a brewing standpoint. Mm-hmm. And then if you can make your way out to Strange, Strange Roots um, Gibsonia location, so they've got two locations, Millvale and Gibsonia. Gibsonia is about 45 minutes north of Pittsburgh. I highly recommend it. They have what's called the funk yard out there. Essentially what Dennis did was he just kind of took a backyard and just threw a bunch of random, There's a, I think there's a VW bug. I think he just got an old broken down helicopter. And then he's got a whole bunch of like wooden spools in the back. He calls it his funk yard. Um, I would highly recommend a trip out there. Cool. Uh, I'll just come up with one. I think uh, Root Down in Phoenixville is really making some great beers right now. So. I'm going to go more all PA on this one. So oh, Those are my three, and so okay. is his. So um, continue with the trend. I'm going to go just not just hyper-local. So um, I think Cinderlands is really putting on a good variety. Um, and they have that new location. Yeah, and they have a new location at the Spaghetti Warehouse, in, uh, old Spaghetti Warehouse in uh, Pittsburgh. So they're putting out a lot of different beers. Used to be a strip, right? Yep, strip. Dish. Yep, so they're putting out beers with teas in them and, and all kinds of things. So And not to mention their food is great. But um, So besides them, um, I'm going to have the second Forest in Maine. Hidden. They just did their seventh anniversary. I think they're a hidden gem. You know, people don't talk about them enough. And which is awesome if you want to go there on like a random (laughs) Friday or Saturday. Parking's still (laughs) an issue, but um, still Ambler. But you're not going to be like crowded. (laughs) I think. I think my third one's probably going to be ten seven. They're very new, but they're making some solid beer. And I think you know they're great people too. So I think. they're going to do well. Great. I want to thank you guys for coming on the Original Slacker Podcast. The Original Slacker Podcast recorded at the Underground by Round Guys Brewing Company. Music is with permission from Hambone Relay. Yo, learn more about Hambone Relay at hambonerelay.com. Find out more about the Original Slacker Podcast at roundguysbrewery.com or on the undergroundlandstyle.com. And I want to thank Amata Tarima for doing some great, excellent production and sound engineer work we have here. I'm your host, Bill McGinney with Round Guys Brewing Company. I want to thank you all for listening. See you guys next week.